You guessed it. It's time for another episode of Arrow, Chapter and Verse. And this time we're talking about The Flash, Season 3, Episode 14, Attack on Central City. So we open with The Flash uh, doing Valentine's Day breakfast for Iris. It's just a cutesy little romancy scene. They've, they've got a few of these in, in this episode. It's, it's just letting us know that the Barry and Iris relationship, uh, now that it is actually officially a thing, uh, is going very well, right? Um, there's also some stuff over at Star Labs where HR uh, from Earth-19 has decorated the crap out of the Speed Lab uh, because it's Friends Day, which is what Valentine's Day is on uh, Earth-19. It's just a day where you show love to all of your friends, although you use the, the typical, like, red heart... Um, theme that usually indicates romance over here. I guess that indicates friendship uh, on Earth-19. So, you know, um, I actually sort of like that celebration more than I like Valentine's Day. If you're just going to, like, show love to everybody in your life kind of a day, that's that's kind of nicer than something specifically focusing on uh, romantic love, I think. Anyway, um, Harry Harrison from Earth-2 does not like it because he's a grump. Uh, it is It is kind of fun to see... Tom Cavanaugh act against himself um, and play those two versions of the same character off of each other. It's uh, kind of a treat to see that. Uh, and in the middle of all this, well, we're celebrating because we beat the gorillas and we've changed the future and the whatnot. Uh, who should appear but the bounty hunter who quickly zaps Cisco and then misses Barry uh, and he... Um, dodges out of the way and then squares up against her giving her a chance to zap him until she in her turn is zapped by uh, Harrison from Earth 2 so now we know well we in the show or we watching the show know that they're coming the people in the show of course figured out uh, without too much trouble um, there's a little bit of an interrogation scene uh, the bounty hunter does not remember why she's there or how she came to be there. She remembers being on Earth 2 in uh, an African jungle, and everybody realizes that it's Grodd, and that he's got to be there. Grodd is taking his sweet time attacking Central City. Uh, he's camped out with his guerrilla army. Again, his guerrilla army, who are wearing um, breastplates and carrying spears, uh, they're sort of camped out on a bluff overlooking uh, Central City, um, and apparently the forest leading up to Central City that has no roads in it, because I assume at some point Sleeping Beauty was uh, put to sleep in Central City, and a forest grew up around the city, and they never bothered uh, cutting any of the trees back. It was just a really weird shot. That's all I'm saying. It just looked It just looked odd. Um, so what do our heroes do? Well, they're at their, they don't know what to do. They don't know when Grodd is going to attack. Uh, they turn to Cisco. They, um, try to enhance Cisco's vibes. Cisco goes to talk to the bounty hunter to see if he can enlist her. And a couple of things happen. Uh, Jesse and Wally have told Harry from Earth 2 that Jesse wants to stay on Earth 1. He seemed to take it well. He asks Wally to go help him build the thing that they're going to use to make Cisco vibe the future. And it turns out that he's not taking it too well 
because he tells Wally that he's sick and he's going to die. Now, this is, I mean, this is weirdly, horribly manipulative. Um, It is honestly more manipulative than we've seen him be. It's a little bit out of character, and it just sort of feels wrong for the show. Like, there's there's no real reason to do that. Um, having him get upset and throw something across the room and yell at people would have been much more in character. It's it's what they expected. And, and maybe the writers decided to do this because, oh, look, he's doing something different. He's not doing what you expected. But sometimes it's okay to do that if it, you know, keeps the person in character. Mm. Uh, Cisco goes to talk to the bounty hunter. There's also, this is also weird. The dialogue's weird here. Uh, he, he's like, hey, you let all these gorillas into our universe. And she's like, yeah, but this isn't my problem. There's a, there's a whole bunch of, like, she actually says at one point, I can never unsee the terrible thing that, that Grodd wants to do to your city. They're going to be in my head forever, but it's your fight, deuces. Uh, so she leaves. Uh, and again, it's, Like, the way they've established somebody who is willing to fight to the death in order to take her quarry back to her her native universe, uh, to then just throw a lot of, like, essentially, without saying it, I'm scared, it's not my fight stuff out there, is, um, is odd. Just odd. Um, Cisco sees a, uh... Uh, an, an intersection. Everybody goes to that intersection. Joe West gets the police to show up to that intersection, and nothing happens because Grodd is not there. Except Grodd reaches out with his mind and takes control of Joe West. Now we don't see where Grodd is uh, right now at this moment. It's possible he's on a building overlooking that intersection. Um, it's possible he's there perhaps he's he's in disguise he's wearing a trench coat of some kind i i don't know but somehow he reaches out from wherever he is finds joe west's mind and takes control over it and then basically holds joe west hostage for like two and a half seconds joe actually puts his gun up to his head and and fires it well the flash knocks him out of the way but it's the kind of the thing where you once again you're dumbing down the heroes a little bit, right? Once and Grodd takes a long time to bring the gun up to his head. If he's gonna do that, if he's gonna showboat, there's three speedsters standing right there. One of whom is Joe's adopted son. The other one is Joe's actual son. And you'd think that one of them would say, "Hey, look, he's bringing his gun up to his head. Perhaps we can shortcut what's going on by removing the gun from his hand." before it gets into a position that would indicate danger to Joe. But nobody does that, because it's less dramatic, I guess. Grodd is actually stealing a general. I mean that literally. He lands on the general's car, tears open the roof, roars at the general, and steals him. Uh, Grodd has also scrambled, apparently, somehow, the Starlab satellites, um... I I don't know how he did that. He doesn't appear to have any equipment other than, as I've said, a breastplate, a helmet, and a spear, but he did it. Uh, So they can't find a giant group of gorillas who are perched on a bluff over town. Uh, That night, 
He takes the general to the nuclear weapons transportation section of the base. Uh, general walks in, and that's almost the last we see of him. Since nobody knows where Grodd is, they come up with the idea that they're going to use magnets to tap into Joe West's memory to see if he saw anything that Grodd did while Grodd was uh, controlling him. Right about this time, Wally tells Jesse that she should go back to Earth 2 because her dad is dying, and she walks into where they're doing this magnetic memory thing and just yells at him for a while, and he doesn't have anything to say. And that was actually... I mean, that was... I, I'm glad they they decided to keep it to this episode because that was the kind of thing that could have dragged out for several episodes. Um, and it... I, I'm just glad that they're like, hey, this is a dumb thing that Harry's doing because he's got some serious attachment issues and we're just going to get it over and done with in one episode rather than, you know, padding it. And actually, <laughs> having said that, most of this episode felt like padding. There was, a, there was a bunch of stuff. There was the weird Joe West subplot. There's the uh, general with the nuclear weapon subplot. Um, and all, all of this is a prelude to what we know is, is coming, which is Grodd and a bunch of guerrillas charging into Central City. But we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so Joe, under the influence of this memory thing, uh, draws the General's face. Team Flash figures out that it is, in fact, the General's face. And somebody sets up an alarm to go when any nuclear weapon is cleared to uh, launch. Because once again, Cisco is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make up a classification. He's an Omega level hacker. Hacker can hack into anything, hack the DOD's database just to identify the general. Right, that's what he did. So there, there's an alarm in case a nuclear weapon uh, is activated. Sure enough, the alarm goes off. The flash goes to find the nuclear weapons. And they're basically in the thing that uh, Ollie was trying to take care of back in the first season of Arrow, where a dude was going to shoot down a plane. Uh, it, it's that sort of missile launcher. Maybe those things launch nuclear weapons. I don't know. But he gets to the keypad, and they basically brute force hack their way in to... Uh, the stop code, right? Wally just hits as many five-digit uh, uh, number combinations as he can, and apparently there's no lockout. Like, you know, if I had this sort of thing on the thing that launched my nuclear weapons, uh, that sort of keypad, that sort of code, I I'd probably do the whole three attempts and you're done thing, but they, they don't, and that's fine, because Wally lucks into the combination that uh, turns off the nuclear missiles. Now... I should mention that this is during the daytime, right? Grodd had the general at night, but graciously waited until the daytime to do the nuclear to do the thing with the nuclear weapons. And he doesn't even use this as a distraction. Like it's not like, okay, I know the Flash is probably going to figure out a way to stop the nuclear weapons, so that's when I'm, my guerrillas are going to charge into the city. Grodd goes, oh, they've stopped the nuclear weapons. Okay, and it takes him until nightfall to get back to that intersection uh, that everybody was at when he took control of Joe West, right? He, he and his guerrillas, apparently it takes a while to get down off the bluff 
into the forest, through the forest, and over to Central City. Um, time in this episode is uh, odd. While Grodd and his minions are running the several miles to Central City, Flash has time to have a moral quandary about whether or not he should kill Grodd, right? He wants to save Iris. He assumes that somehow the guerrilla attack is in the causal- uh, causality chain that's going to lead to her death. Uh, so he's convinced that if he kills Grodd, he can, of course, prevent the attack. Um, of all people, Harrison Wells talks him out of that and says, no, you're a hero, you don't do that. Iris said the same thing, but he was still like, no, I gotta save him. Uh, and Harrison says there's always another way. Also, while Grodd is running, <laughs> um... Cisco convi- uh, commits an inter... Multiversal crime, interuniversal crime, and heads over to Earth 19 uh, to talk to the bounty hunter. We see her actually talking to a speedster. She gives a couple of photographs to him and says that she caught her bounty. Uh, so Cisco convinces her that, in fact, the fight against Grodd is her fight, which uh, let's talk about this for just a second. It is. Now, I'm aware that Grodd mind-controlled her to bring his army of guerrillas over to Earth-1. I'm aware of this. I'm aware that that action was not her fault. That doesn't make it not her responsibility. And, again, the dialogue that she used to justify that it wasn't based on what we've seen of her character felt a little bit thin. But Sisko manages to convince her and they go away. Grodd and his army show up. Uh, Jesse and Wally run around the front ranks, or maybe the entire army, really fast, and the guerrillas are confused by this. Uh, Grodd continues to charge forward. The Flash has learned nothing from his fight with Solovar because he also does a forward charge. And Grodd uses his shield to fling him into a car. Speaking of cars, now, I wasn't aware that the gorillas from Gorilla City were all possessed of super strength, and I I will say, I'm not a biologist. I could not tell you how strong an adult male gorilla is with or without super intelligence. I do know that one of the gorillas, for no apparent reason, used his shield to bash somebody's car out of the way, and that car disappeared. Like, I don't know where the car got flung, but it got flung out of the shot. So, I I guess if you're a gorilla from Gorilla City, you also have super strength. Good for you. Uh, So, the Flash's fight with Grodd is not going real well, but we learn that that's a distraction, because the bounty hunter and Cisco went to get Solovar, who now challenges Grodd for leadership of the gorillas, because you can also do this in the middle of something, right? It's not just when, you know, you're in Gorilla City having a heated discussion about whether you're going to go to another universe and attack Central City because one of you has a grudge against Central City, or whether you're going to hang out in Gorilla City and just generally be peaceful. You can actually challenge for leadership during the invasion of another universe. Good to know. So then there's an extended CGI battle sequence, and that's where all the CGI budget on The Flash went this season. Uh, Well, that, um, Savitar, of course. They were, it's two gorillas beating the crap out of each other in a knockdown, no-holds-barred gorilla fight. 
it was kind of cool, but also it's like it's too it's two CGI gorillas beating up on each other. Um, it would have been more exciting if one of them had been large and the other one had been Godzilla, but that's just me. Solovar wins, because of course he does. Flash convinces him to show mercy to Grodd. Uh, Flash has an idea about what to do with Grodd. We're going to keep him on Earth-1 so he can't cause any more trouble, which is fine. As I said in the last Flash review episode, apparently once a gorilla is in charge, that gorilla's word is law, and whatever you were doing before, you switch and do exactly what he did. So they were attacking Central City. Now they're not. Done. We go back to Star Labs. Uh, we have a scene where Harrison comes to terms with the fact that his daughter is going to be staying on this Earth, which is fine, which is the scene we should have had two scenes ago rather than this whole I'm pretending to die thing. Uh, we have a scene between the bounty hunter and Cisco where Cisco insists that there is something between them and the bounty hunter denies it and then kisses him and says, even if there were, you couldn't handle me and leaves because she does like to make an exit. Uh, then we have a scene where Barry asks Iris to marry him. Okay, this is actually kind of unfortunate because earlier during Friends Day, Iris started to lead up to a proposal. Now, it was a fake proposal. It was a joke proposal. But she was like, Barry Allen, would you be my friend? And there was, there was a lead up to that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe they'll have Iris propose. That would be neat. But they don't. They have Barry propose. So, whatever. And she says yes, of course, because that's the way this is going to work. They're the one true pairing on the show. And I suppose I sound a little disdainful of that, but I shouldn't because, you know, Barry and Iris are kind of a... It's... Yeah. Um, one true pairing. Good enough. Okay. So... The Stinger. Wally and Jesse are watching Casablanca. Uh, apparently there was no World War One or Two on Earth 2, which is nice to know. Uh, so Jesse's very confused. She asks him to go out for Big Belly Burger. He complies, and while he's going out for Big Belly Burger, Savitar appears and charges him. Roars at him first, because I think that's the rule, is if you're a CGI anything, you've got to roar at people who are not CGI. Um, so, oh, right, Savitar's back. It's a big surprise. No, it's not. We knew he was going to come back. Uh, it's also, he's got apparently, I don't know, speedster locators, right? He can pick Wally out of the crowd at any one time and go and attack him. I guess he could do it with anybody. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the end of attack on Central City bunch of stuff that ultimately didn't need to be in there to wait for the gorilla on gorilla fight but what are you going to do that's also the end of this episode of the arrow of arrow chapter and verse i hope you enjoyed it i hope you're having a good day and i will see you next time